Okay, free ebook. I've got a free digital copy of my book, Leaving and Finding Jesus, for those who'd like to join the book launch team. A free digital book in any ebook format. Go to afamilystory.org. Afamilystory.org. There will be a bright yellow sign up for book launch team button on the homepage just below the banner. Click that button. It'll take you to a download page. Get the book. Read it. I pray it blesses. And then help me launch this thing. I've got a resource page set up for you. There'll be articles, quotes, memes, and book trailers that you can share on your socials. And that'll help get this book out there. All right. Now I'm going to tell you about this podcast. This is a good friend of mine. I've had him on uh, Rethinking God with Tacos uh, last year. His name is Matthew Hester. Matthew's a good friend of mine. He pastors a church in South Carolina. And he's the founder of an online school called Present Truth Academy. I actually have a teaching series around the sovereignty of God from my book, God is Not a Control, that is offered at Present Truth Academy. The website is presenttruthacademy.org. And a few weeks back, Matthew and I and our wives and a few other couples met in Myrtle Beach just to connect. We were invited in by Randall and Penny Worley loved on us and we had this wonderful time together while we were there matthew had me on his podcast the podcast is called the kingdom is for everyone i think i was his first guest and he's about 14 or 15 episodes in should check it out uh, it's a place to discuss all things righteousness peace and joy and and matthew is um uh, he's, he's a, a brilliant theologian with a heart of love he understands relational theology in an inspiring and transforming way. I'm, I'm thankful for his friendship and very much enjoyed this conversation where he interviewed me around this new book, Leaving and Finding Jesus. And it was a great conversation. We talked about the kingdom within, relational intimacy, a triune God reconciling the world to himself. We talked about faith like Abraham. We talked about hermeneutics. And above all, we talked about an Emmaus Road deconstruction d and reconstruction jesus is a walking d and reconstruction that's one of the lines from this interview repenting is a d and reconstruction all in one uh, man i love whenever i get to connect with matthew and talk uh, the goodness of god uh, he's always encouraging always life giving and so yeah i wanted to share this with you as we release this book, it's out. You can get it now. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it uh, on our website, uh, familystory.org, Leaving and Finding Jesus, a book where I trade a punishing God for reconciling love. I've stumbled upon the phrase listener supported. That is true. That's the nature of this podcast. We're grateful for those who have given. And if you'd like to give, you can do it at afamilystory.org or 501 appreciate you also taking the time to share, like, and write a review on iTunes. These are ways in which people can find us. All right, guys, excited to share this conversation I had around the new book, Leaving and Finding Jesus, with my good friend, Matthew Hester. Welcome to the Kingdom is for Everyone podcast. This is your host, Matthew Hester, and this is the place to discuss all things righteousness, peace, and joy. I'm sitting on the balcony of a high-rise on the beach uh, here at Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. So you may hear some waves crashing or, you know, there's some people having fun uh, down at the pools. 
But uh, I'm excited because one of the things I really want to make sure to include in this podcast are conversations with friends of mine, leaders, authors, I mean, people that I know can add value to your experience. And so it is um, with a grateful heart that I have Jason on as my first guest to have a conversation uh, in this podcast. And uh, Jason Clark is with us. And again, dear friend, uh, an amazing writer, communicator. I promise you, uh, go grab his stuff on Amazon or he'll, he'll plug some of his ways that you can reach him uh, later in the podcast, but it will bless your life to go ahead and avail yourself of what he has to offer. And so, yeah, we're just going to jump into it. Uh, so Jason, if you just want to say hello. Hey and, man, yeah. listen, got to paint a picture. We are, we are looking at the most beautiful, uh, calm ocean here. in I think North Myrtle beach. Yep. And uh, we're 15 floors up. The kids are playing. You can hear them. You can hear the birds. I'm here with my friend. Got yeah. uh, It's a good day, man. It is a good day. It's a wonderful day. <laughs> it's a good day. <laughs> Honored to be here, bro. Honored to do this. Yeah. We've been, we've been having a good time, too, all right? Yeah. So we've been connected yeah. with uh, each other and a couple other leaders here. Randall and Penny Worley. Yes. Are hosting a handful of leaders just pouring into us, letting us connect. It's just been rich. Yeah. It's been rich connecting with you too, man. So this is fun. Yeah. I'm glad we're doing this. So, so as you can tell, this, this is going to be laid back and we're going to have a conversation and it's intentionally around your new book that is getting ready to come out called leaving and finding Jesus. So yeah, we just, we want to talk about it. Hey man, we're, we're, we're good, man. Oh, that was, that was Randall coming out and he's like, Oh, I better, better run back in. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I just want to, I want to talk some about that and then just go kind of down the rabbit hole. Leaving and finding Jesus. It's an Emmaus road approach to our faith. Uh, it's, uh, my experience. I'm a storyteller, you know that. Yeah. So I'm more of a relational theologian and, uh, at 48 years of age, I know less now than I did at 38 and 28. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing I'm more sure of today is that he loves me. Yeah, come on. And from that place, uh, I wrote this book. Uh, the title came from, and I'll tell that story. We can jump off there. I had a friend who was at the top of, of her field who called me one day, and I, I played a pastor role in her life. And this conversation started at the very beginning. I could tell she was distraught. And she said, Jason, I'm leaving Jesus. And Holy Spirit was talking to me and I prodded a little bit, didn't take much and off she went. And she was really having an existential crisis and she was very articulate in the reasons. And some of them made a whole lot of sense. Uh, some of them were deep disappointments, discouragements. And then there were the, the hurts uh, and the, the traumas she's experienced in, in the church. And uh, she had just come through another traumatic experience and she was done and so I listened. I just waited for Holy Spirit to, to, to give me an opening. And about an hour, 20 minutes in, she comes full circle, makes her case again. Anytime I tried to interject, she'd bite my head off, man. She'd yeah. already thought through. I knew there wasn't a principle I could give her that she hadn't already exhausted. Her defenses are up. Yeah. Her she, argument is it, ironclad. It's ironclad. <laughs> it, absolutely. It yeah. was. Yeah. And I also knew that she knew Jesus. Mm. I also knew she had a relationship. I also knew that she was agonizing. Like This was a huge moment. And when she finally made her case again, she, she threw it at me almost like a challenge. I'm leaving Jesus, waiting for me to uh, bite. Hmm. And my response was, 
I think you should. The Jesus you've just told me about for the last hour and a half is killing me. <laughs> Which was the opposite of what she... Sure. It actually offended her because she wait, was... Wait, you're supposed right, to be a what? voice in my yeah, life. Hold you're on. supposed to... What? What are you... You're supposed to talk me yeah, off the ledge. Yeah, you're supposed to talk me off the ledge. What are you talking about? I'm telling you, I'm about to jump off the ledge, and you just basically pushed me. So she was upset at first. Yeah. And uh, I paused. She said, she, she, she came at me, and I said, listen, the Jesus that you've been telling me about, he's, he's, a, he's a God of punishment. He's cruel. He's abusive. And i got to be honest with you, I left that Jesus a long time ago. Mm. And then she got quiet, uh, and but she said, well, Jason, what, what are you saying to me? And then I began to share with her some of my journey. And I began to basically be the Emmaus Road stranger, more interested in the burning heart within her, more interested in that relational connection, and began to speak to some of the specific things that she was frustrated with, but through the lens of a God who reconciles all things. Yeah. A God in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting our our cruel beliefs about him, yeah. our ideologies, our theological certainties yeah. uh, against us. Yeah. A, a, a stranger who would walk next to us completely hiding who Jesus is, right? Jesus walking on the Emmaus Road, completely hidden while revealing himself to them, yeah. wanting to connect heart-to-heart, relationally connect. And so that that was what we did. And then over the next days and months, those conversations. And I find myself having a lot of those conversations these days because of the nature of my wife and my journey. Sometimes we're a little bit... Um, we're a little bit too convinced in his goodness for for certain <laughs> folks, and that's a that's a yeah. funny way of saying it. Yeah, no, I get it. But uh, you know, when you when you begin to lean into some of these unpunishing ways with God, uh, anyone who's still navigating in the context of of punishment or retribution, uh, you might step on toes. But because of where we're at, we find ourselves having these kind of conversations with a lot of folks who would even use the word deconstruct. Yeah. They would use that word, mm-hmm. uh, and I know that's that word has a lot on it. Yeah, it does. But I want to I want to pastor that word. Yes, I feel that's the call on my life right now is is that we could walk beside anyone like Emmaus Road strangers and reveal the burning heart within them. Mm-hmm. Actually, lead them to that Jesus that is within them. You know, we talked about this earlier today that Jesus said the kingdom's at hand, and then He said, "No, no, even better than that, the kingdom is within you." Yeah. And, and so we began to have that conversation. What does it look like to leave some of these cruel, broken, limited, um, and even punishing thoughts about the nature of God and awaken to this God in Christ reconciling a God who would walk beside you and hide himself so that you would have an opportunity to rethink how you know him mm-hmm. so that the preconceived ideas of what those guys on the road actually believed didn't get in the way of the encounter with the resurrected Christ. Yeah. Uh, so that's the heartbeat behind the book, and we, we do run at in the book uh, from a very relational and storytelling approach. Yeah, we run at um, mm-hmm. uh, from from hell to hermeneutics. Yeah, love uh, it. Is, 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 and it's all through the lens of a God who is better than we thought He was, a God who is in the business of reconciliation. Yeah, yeah. So what you just said is beautiful. I mean, seriously. Um, and, and I've had the privilege of going through your rough manuscript. And, <laughs> it was very rough when you got it. But, but still, it was so good, so rich. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I want to talk about deconstruction a little bit. Because um, you're right. It, it's I don't know. Right now, it's a, a popular word, yeah. if that makes sense. I mean, it's actually, maybe it's not the term popular is the wrong word. It's it's just a word that's it's in right now. Okay, it's, it's charged. It's in, it's charged. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, I feel like anyone who has a serious 
mm, examination of faith goes through some seasons of deconstruction. Absolutely. Um, and, and so it wasn't until I started to realize that deconstruction is addressing the construct that man places yeah. on the relational intimacy that we're designed to have with that's, the Father. That's brilliant, bro. Yeah. So, because we're taught, well, well, what did you build? And so it's almost like we have this shame with what was built. Yeah. But a lot of it was handed to us. Yeah. Okay, this is how you garner favor with God. This is what relational intimacy looks like. Yeah. And if we're not careful, we do it all through construct. We do it all through methodology or, or a lot of, a lot, I mean, just growing up, a lot of my approach to relationship was more like utility. It's yeah. like, yeah. do this so this can be the outcome. Do that. It, it, it always, you know, it amazes me. Just our personal relationship. Right. If that's how we dealt with each other, we'd work. say that's not healthy. No. You just need to get another friend because that's yeah. not going to work. Right. But we'll impose that same approach to God, who's yeah. better than better in His heart and His motives than any of us. Yeah, man. Yeah. And 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 and, uh, and but we'll we'll kind of project that onto Him. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And so, I I appreciate deconstruction. I do too. Uh, you know. <laughs> I, I I do too. I mean, listen. Here was my epiphany. I didn't like the word when I first heard it, partly because of the folks that that we're using the word, uh, we're very much uh, interacting uh, at times out of bitterness and pain. Sure. Um, and so they were reacting. And we, we understand that there's all kinds of reaction that happens, uh, but it doesn't, it doesn't allow me to not, to not actually look at their pain and, and, and not acknowledge that bitterness came from something. Yeah. It actually is connected to something. They are react, actually reacting to something. And not everyone is reacting. You know, there's a response taking place as well. I yeah. think... Deconstruction is what was taking place on the Emmaus Road. Yes. I think Jesus would have used the word uh, repent. I think that because it is, yeah. it is oh, the, yeah. the whole point of deconstruction to me is that we're, uh, we're finding, which by the way, our early fathers in the faith all throughout scripture understood this language of building because they referred to the Christ as the cornerstone. Yes. The whole point of deconstruction is to find the cornerstone, yes. that truth. And what is that truth? It is the revelation of, of, of a love that doesn't leave us, neither death nor life, yeah. angels, demons, not the gates of hell, not this yeah. present, not the future. Nothing yeah. separates us from this love that was in Christ reconciling all creation to himself. And yeah. so to me, uh, I have a whole lot of, I have a whole lot of grace for those reacting mm -hmm. and a whole lot of desire to walk beside all humanity, but mm -hmm. particularly in, in this book, walking beside those who are um, either reacting or responding to something. Yeah. Uh, to discover the cornerstone. Yeah. This place where you can put your weight down, this foundational certainty that he loves us. Yeah. His love is good. We exist to know it, you know? Well, you know, I was thinking, so you mentioned, okay, so the road to Emmaus is a big run through in, in kind of the overarching storytelling. Yeah, it's the map for the book. Yeah. Yep. So wouldn't, just thinking out loud, wouldn't, I mean, the life and ministry of Jesus is basically an exercise in deconstruction. Yeah, I think so. Because, All over, over right? and over and over is happening. And, and he's deconstructing, for the most part, the religious system, again, go back to construct, yeah. that had been built. Yep. We're talking thousands of Around years. Around distance and separation yes. and transaction, a religious structure. Yeah. Yes, and so yep. he, he's challenging that. So he's even giving this this platform of deconstruction. Jesus is a walking deconstruction. Right? Yes, right. And reconstruction. Yeah, yeah, all exactly. in one. That's the thing yeah. about deconstruction. It's a de repenting is a de and reconstruction yeah. all in one. And I think maybe so a lot of the the baggage around deconstruction is you it seems like a lot of people, well I'm deconstructing but then they 
They don't just leave that image they had of Jesus. They throw it all out. But they're just, I'm done. Yeah. And then they just walk out the door, yeah. which again, I'm, I I just feel like, you know, you can be done and God's not. I That's mean, the thing, right? right? He, yeah. he doesn't throw in the towel. I mean, good luck. He walks beside right? you. Yeah. He's, I will never whatever, leave you. Whatever road you're I will, on. I will never forsake That's you. It. That's it. Uh, and so when you start thinking of that picture, so what, what was the construct of, of the old covenant in particular? It was creating this representation of who people thought God was and what they thought he was capable of. And wow. then Jesus is the plot twist. And he's like, by the way, no man has seen God, but if you've seen me, you've seen him. Jeez, so a good, phrase man. I use often is, if there's anything you believe about God that doesn't look like Jesus, you're yeah. missing something. Yeah, yeah. And so Jesus is the plot twist. Um, and so, and, yeah. yeah, go ahead. No, over and over. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the goal, is that we would know what he's like. In this particular book, I boil it down to the cross. And we go after what was taking place at the cross. And was the cross about a God or a father who abandoned? Was mm -hmm. the cross about uh, a God who needed something to be punished in us before he could get close to us? Yeah. Which was the gospel I was raised with, the gospel of separation, yep. the gospel of, of the rich young ruler traveling down a road. The, the conclusion of the road the rich young ruler travels down is, what more am I still lacking? Wow. Jesus says, you got to sell everything and follow me because you're on the wrong road. Yeah. He wasn't, it was sure you can get, get rid of your money, get rid of it. But he was really saying all your ideology, all your theology, uh, it needs, needs to transition to, I am the road. I am the way I'm yes. life. Yeah. Jesus is what it looks like. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And, uh, and what took place at the cross was not a father who was looking away, but as Psalm 22 tells us, it was uh, in my day of trouble. He did not turn his face from me. Yeah. It was a, a it was a triune God <laughs> reconciling the world to himself. Yes. Well, I like to say Jesus did not finally get God in a good mood. Exactly. He reveals who God has always been, which is self-sacrificial in nature. Greater love has no one than this. Yeah. They lays down his life for his friends. Yeah. And, and then when we can start tracing that throughout scripture, that we see get God misrepresented. I go through this in some over other earlier over. episodes. Yeah. Uh, basically, anytime God acts towards men, yeah. it's compassion, mercy, and grace. Yes. When man acts towards God, it's violence. Yes. So we we want to crucify God. Yes. Anytime we encounter him, yeah. I want to crucify him. Yeah. And so what is the nature of God? He'll be crucified. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll lay down my life. Yes. Because I'm, work, I'm working with you where you are. Said, I'll step inside <laughs> that delusion, take it to its conclusion, yes. set you free from it so that you can see there's nothing that separates us. Yeah. Yeah. And he, and the fun thing about this is, and, and, and I, I, I look at a couple of Old Testament narratives uh, through the lens of reconciliation. So Abraham, for instance, and we may have talked, I'm sure you and I have talked about this. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, when you read through the lens of separation where God can't get close to us until there's been a sacrifice, yep. then you'll read Abraham that way. And of course you can read Abraham that way, but then you start to read through the lens of yeah. what am I still lacking instead of the lens of God's love and his desire to see us set free yes. uh, and, and him stepping inside of that delusion. Abraham is born into the day where if you look up in the dictionary definition, what's devotion look like or what's worship look like, it has next to it uh, child sacrifice, Yeah, which is the conclusion. He grew up in the land of Ur, well acquainted with, with sacrifice. That's right. That so was it. That was it. That was, yeah. that was on his God lens. Mm -hmm. So his God lens has child sacrifice on it. And you and I have never woke up once wondering if today's the day God's going to require us to murder our kid to somehow no. appease him or get close to him. 
Mm-hmm. Thankfully, we, we don't have that on lens because of Abram and because of Jesus. Yes. But Abraham did. He had that on his lens every day. That was a part of his God lens. At some point, he's going to have to prove his devotion until the fullness of time where God said he's ready. Yeah. And he invites him into his the heart of his delusion. He invites him three days. We know that Abraham perceives us about God because when he gets the when he gets the uh, request or the uh, God asks him yeah. to sacrifice, when he gets that request, he doesn't he doesn't throw out a fleece. You know what I mean? He doesn't check with his wife. Yeah. <laughs> he just packs up his donkey, takes his servants, takes Isaac. This is this is how gods act. This is how gods act. That's what he believed. That's what it and I gotta get I gotta prove <laughs> right. something to get close to him. Yeah. So God invites him in like God's in a this is an Emmaus Road moment. This is a God that. a deconstructing moment where yeah. they they walk three days. Then he says the most profound perversion ever said by Abraham, and then the most profound brilliance. That, that calls of the man in the same breath. He says, we're going in to go up to worship. He's basically saying, we're going to go up and participate in some broken and limited idea about worship. Yep. And then he says this, and then we will come back. Yeah. And and then it says in Hebrews, by faith, by faith. Abram believed yeah. that God would raise his son from the dead. Yeah. This is what faith is. I don't know, but he's good. He's better than my capacity to understand. He's yeah. a God who reconciles, a God who redeems, a yeah. God who restores. That's why Abram's the father of our faith. Yeah. Not because he was willing to kill his son out of obedience to a depraved idea. Yeah. No, he was slaving under that. And in that moment, an Emmaus Road stranger walks with him up to, up to the very pinnacle of his deception. And in the heart of his deception, when he's about to participate, in the most perverse idea because you said it that leads to what am i still lacking and death yeah it leads to the slaughter of innocence and the slaughter of our kids yeah that's that's the broken religious structure that we've we've striven under as we've pursued yeah. a good god oh yeah so abraham's just doing the same thing on a maus road journey where he gets there and in that moment god provides and says hey Abraham, I'm not like you thought I was. I'm way better than yeah. you thought I was. Yeah. I am not like those other gods. Here, yeah. let me take care of this for you. And from that day forward, you know, Isaac never woke up wondering if today's the day. I right. got to slaughter my kid to prove yeah. something. Why? Because yeah. he got set free from it. Yeah. Obedience yeah. is the invitation into that place right yeah. there. Yeah. I, I like to say that when he first encountered God, he encountered a God. But when when all this happened with, with he and Isaac, he discovered the name of God. That's it. Jehovah Jireh. Wow. Yeah. God, my provider. Yeah. He never had specific language. Yeah. And when he discovered the name, it totally separated and, and destroyed the narrative. It did. Wait, he's not a God. This God's a giver. Yes. He, he's not a taker. And somehow he believed yeah. that there was something in him. See, to me, faith is this. I don't know, but he's better than my capacity to know. Yeah. Like, I don't know, but he's better than that. Yeah. So this is a guy who believed in resurrection life when it yeah. hadn't happened yet. That's what Hebrews said. He, he believed even if he had to resurrect him. Even if he had to resurrect yeah. him. That's, yeah. that's what faith is. See, the thing that's most transformed me in my life, bro, is that right there. Mm. Is We have a phrase in our house, I don't know, but he's good. Yeah. I've adopted that phrase, by the way. <laughs> it's a good one, right? <laughs> yeah, he's good, I'm loved, right? Yeah, I'm Those loved. are the two non-negotiables. Yeah, he's good, I'm loved, and, <laughs> and I don't get a say in his goodness. Like, right. like, like I'm not going to do mental gymnastics so the mm-hmm. word can mean bad. Mm-hmm. It just means good. Yes. Uh, and, and good as Jesus defined it, yeah. which is a sovereign good that doesn't count our sins against us, yeah. that is reconciling, that is walking with us in all roads. And if you can do that, then you've got your hermeneutic. Yeah. You've got your, you've got a lens through which even if you're like me, even if you're not a brilliant academic, because, yeah. you know, I sit with guys like you who can parse scripture and the, with the best of them. And I'm here like with me. Randall Worley. Yeah. No, I'm yeah, serious, right? man. Yeah. And then yeah. some of these brains yeah. you've got, and I, all I got, is he loves me and his love is good and looks like Jesus 
and it's reconciling and not counting my sins against me. It's a measureless love, not in the sin counting game and the measureless reconciliation. But that's, but that's the point though. There's so much stuff. I would trade the hours of things I have studied a lot of it. I mean, over the course of the time we've been here, yeah, there've been times where I've been I'm in the room with Megan, I'm like, babe, I wish I had some of that time back. <laughs> all those books I read, all that stuff I studied, and It'll most of it, used, most of it I disagree with. Sure. So if nothing else, maybe it will help me create some contrast. Yeah. To the perspective, maybe I don't know. I'm well, trying to find some redemption. Bro, I love it. talking so. with you because, <laughs> and I love talking with folks who can do that because, I mean, I've read scripture. You know, I got saved when I was five. I grew up in the church. We got similar backgrounds. Yeah. Love Jesus. I've been I've been walking with them. You know, for the I'm 48 years old. And yet I love sitting with guys like you who have, you know, while I might read scripture, I'm just not wired in the way that you are to be able to retain it, to be able to put it into systems, to be able to understand all the systematic ways that you approach it. So when I sit with you, I'm overwhelmed with like this awe and this love because it's, you, you add depth and you add validity and you add authority because because you've you're able to navigate those roads so well so i'm 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 always thankful when i talk with you i, oh. I tell you man i love our conversations man i appreciate that yeah. <laughs> well I, so i have another thought to drop on you um so you know we talk about abraham and so i have this this question that nags at me is where did abraham so okay not just abraham in particular but culturally where did culture get this this news feed that god demands sacrifice so, of course, there's there's not much scripturally that would address it. And so I just go back to the garden, the garden narrative, Adam and Eve. And so, first of all, if, if we just have common sense connecting the dots, the first sacrifice ever, God did not demand, he gave. Yep. So he, he covered their nakedness. So, again, it's God ministering to our perspective of him. Yeah. And unfortunately, we put God in that position all the time. All the time. He's having to, that's what happens with Abraham. He's having to show his who he truly is, yeah, yeah, right? And, yeah. and he's challenging our paradigms, yeah. all these things. Yeah. So I don't know if, I guess they thought, okay, well, God sacrificed, so he must really like sacrifice. Right. And then it turned into mythology, and then it just passed on. Because, I mean, their sons bought into that yeah. wholesale. Well, yeah, well sacrifice. Yep, yep. I'll bring animals. Yep. I'll yep. bring vegetables. Yep. So it did. It doesn't, it doesn't fall far from the tree. It's... So somewhere in that is that that whole perspective. So it's interesting how quickly I think that's that's one of the things in my heart I'm concerned about stewarding properly. Like now more than ever, I say it often when I'm traveling. I'm like, I'm at the point in ministry where I just want to represent the heart and nature of God. Well, that's it. That's it. Because it's so easy to pass down negative because I don't know if it strokes our some of our humanity at some level. I don't know. Yeah. Like maybe we're craving they were craving suffering and sacrifice. I know we can have a, a conversation <laughs> on suffering because sometimes that there's a necessity in suffering, but um, I don't know if we, I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud right yeah, now. Yeah, you, you know? know, fear and ego, you know, the, the, the idea that we're in control. Yeah. You know, um, in such a, in a world where so much is, feels like it's out of control. And if you're, if you're outside of your awareness of union and you're outside of your awareness of his affection and his yeah. love, then forget sleeping in a boat, right. you know, you can't, you know, you can't get out of bed in the morning. Right. So, right. so I, I, I would think, man, it would be the natural thing to try and feel like you're in control. Yeah. All that is is ego and self-righteousness because mm. we're not. Or the false self. Or the false self. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Mm -hmm. uh, wow. 
is so good. I, I just got a lot of thoughts going on in my head right now. So again, think, kind of speaking to our journey some, um, even in the middle of these inaccurate representations of who God is, things you attribute to him that are not his nature, or uh, in one of my episodes, I, I, I titled God's Not a Monster. <laughs> even though there are times we've all bought into he's good, but he has a monster under the bed. Right. And right. if you're not careful, like I will say he's good and he's love until he's not. Right. 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 And so if he's capable of that, we're capable of it too. Yeah. And, and I feel like a lot of times, you know, the, the God of our own image needs that because we need it. Bro. But, but that's, right. That's, yeah, that's true. But still somehow God was able to get to our hearts somehow. I mean, that to me, that shows just the unrelenting. I call it one way love. Yeah. That's the unrelenting one way love of God that he's still going to pierce the delusion. I love that. How you say yeah. that. I love that word. Yeah. He pierces the delusion, but in doing so, there's not even distance in how he pierces it. It's an internal piercing. He's, he's there with you bleeding in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, it's, it's not like he puts us in a position to weep so he can help us wallow in our inadequacies. No, he's weeping with us in the yeah. moment. Yeah. You know, I've always been a good father and this has been breaking my heart as much as it's been breaking yours. Yeah. Oh you know, yeah. Uh, to me, that is again just speaks to the limitless nature yeah, of His I, love and goodness. You know, I've told this story, and I, I've told this story a lot, and it's in the book. But I, I've, I've, it's been in other books. But it's such a good way of understanding His love that I use it often. I, I play this game with my kids, and we've probably all played. We've all played it in one way or another. But some of us have maybe even played this very game, where when you're putting them to bed at night, they'll say, "I love you to the trees and back," and. Um, and I, I probably you've, you've probably heard this. That's story. great. Yeah. No, tell it. It's I, good. I, I love it. I love you to the trees and back. And then, and then, if your child is in a place of security, and they're going to play that game with you every time. Yeah. They're going to they're going to say I love you. And my daughter, she's sixteen. I'm my youngest, but she's the one I played it last with. I love you to the trees and back, and the sun, the moon, and the stars, because there's an and always attached to love. And so you respond, I love you to the trees and back, the sun, the moon, the stars, and the Jupiter. And, and we're back and forth, you play that game. And we, I remember playing that game with her one, one night, and my, my Heavenly Father began to come into the conversation as we're, as we're measuring our love for one another, and we're, we're actually trying to get uh, math around it. We're trying to do the math, right? Yeah, I, I love you to, to, to infinity and beyond and a <laughs> yeah. Googleplex back and yeah. forth and, yeah. and, and using it's a litany of love with the, the imagination wide open. And then my little five year old at the time got a clever, clever look on her face and with the smallest multiplier she could figure out. After I'd given her a litany of love, she said, Daddy, times two, times two, times two <laughs> and blew up. It just blew up everything with a times two, the, the smallest multiplier she could come. And, the, and I, and I, I heard my father saying times two, yeah. this is my measureless love. You know, it's real. You felt yeah. it. Every one of us has felt that times two moment mm -hmm. where you realize that love is a measureless revelation. And the reason we love playing that game is we're trying to put our, our systems and our structures and our finite thinking on it. Yeah. And we're trying to figure it out. And it's a measureless revelation. It's what Ephesians 3.16 tells us. That, I love it. That we'd be filled to the measure of the fullness of God, the width, the height, the length, the breadth. Yes. That is the fullness of God. And then the very next line, not to him who is able to do immeasurably beyond yes. all. It's like, hey, let's let's try and describe the nature of a relationship with God. It's yes. Use all the hyperbole you want. All of it you it's want. It's not enough. There's language can't contain yeah. it. Yeah. Math, math is a, it's just a joke to love. Love is a yeah. measureless thing that we are awakening to. And I think everyone, 
everyone has felt that and tasted that and 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 he's love is a brilliant communicator mm. he uh he knows how to speak our language yeah. better than anyone else can speak yeah. it he I, I i've been saying lately love is the god stuff love is the god stuff it's the god stuff that's the god stuff yeah our our family has a, a saying we've used for years i love you seven i love you seven was that so so seven biblical number is the finish <laughs> so i'm not going to compete my love for you is finished it's yeah there's yeah. no need to try to get yeah. it it's it's i love you seven yeah and the moment yeah. you think you've got a handle on it yeah seven yeah i love you seven <laughs> yeah so my my daughter my youngest we play a similar game but it was always with just stretching out our hands and yeah. arms yeah and she would get so frustrated because obviously i'm much taller and bigger than she is <laughs> well daddy you always love me more you know and so then one time again a clever moment she stretches out her arms. I'm like, oh, I got you beat. She's like, no, what you can't see is my arms keep going. <laughs> they keep going. How far they go around the whole wide world. That's why we like, were given oh, an imagination, yeah. bro. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. That's why we were given. That's what it's for. So if, if I if I can be able to steward her understanding of love and just continue to cheer it on, and 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 have her just know that well, that's that's who God is. That's the God stuff. That's the God stuff. You know. I feel like that that's just the place to start at the very least and just keep encouraging it. And it I brings, mean, and it brings an ease and it brings an ease, you know, talking in the context of the call of God or ministers yeah. or, or leadership or whatever you want to, it brings an ease when you realize that my job, as much as I want to help you understand and bring clarity and, and, and to be revelatory at the end of the day, first and foremost, for me, my only job, and I say job as an honor, as yeah. a privilege, is to wake up in the morning and, and become convinced in his affection. Love it. And then as I live throughout the day, if I can live in an awareness of his, of his, of his love, of this measureless uh, union that we share the, of his affection, then I, I am nothing but a walking revelation of his love. Yeah. You know, love doesn't have to do push-ups. That's right. Like love doesn't, doesn't have to get in the mood. Mm -mm. It's just a response of being loved. We love because he first loved. Yes. And so it, it takes all of the striving uh, off off of you. It's why I can have a conversation with a with a woman who calls me and says, I'm leaving Jesus. Man, even 10 years ago or even yeah, maybe at least 10 years ago, had someone called me and said, I'm leaving Jesus, I would have been so anxious. Panic mode. Because I would have thought it's possible. Sure. Oh, sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but right. now I know it's impossible yeah. to leave it's, Jesus because he's never yeah. going to leave you. Yeah, good luck. So good. So when someone calls me, so I'm leaving Jesus. I'm like, yeah. All right. Let me listen to what you're saying. Yeah. Let me let me Emmaus road this with you. Yeah. Because the love of God is a measureless revelation you can't escape. Yeah. And 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 therefore I don't have to I don't have to convince you of anything other than that. I'm here to listen and become love to you in this yeah. moment. The call of God in my life now isn't to get you to say a prayer, yeah. isn't to give you some new principle. Those prayers and principles, believe in them wholeheartedly. Yeah. But but the goal is that you'd know that you'd know that you'd know that you'd recognize the burning. Yeah. And that yeah. and that you would you would interact with that and someday you you'll find them in the house breaking the bread, you'll get the revelation. Your Come head on. will catch up with your heart, you know? Come on. It's so good. Yeah, well, it's called the good news for a reason, right? Oh, come on. <laughs> well, like I, I've really had a burden lately to be to, to teach on the fruit of the spirit, you know. And I said, you know, the, the fruit of the spirit is pretty profound. Yeah, because most of us don't think that love is an identifier. Yeah, that you're that you carry God with you. Yeah, I was like, you know, some of us we we lead with a gift, and I love gift ministry. I know we both do, but some people just need to feel love. They don't need another word. No. Or, or what about compassion or, or kindness? Or if they get another word, oh. it's still meant 
to release and, and bring yes. them into love. Yeah, that's, exactly. that's the whole point of yeah. giving a word. Yeah. Or, or, you know, uh, I talk about, man, we, we want to see God demonstrate in our lives. We're just mean people. <laughs> I know, I know it's, it's not deep. Yeah. Maybe yeah. just try kindness on for size once, once. Oh again. my gosh. You know the what only I'm thing that changes someone's mind is kindness. <laughs> right. It's the kindness of God right. that leads us to change the way we think. That's right. And he, everything else is, is works. Yeah. Everything else is works. Yeah. You've only ever been transformed because you had an encounter with his kindness. So good. It's that's the, that's why we should be the kindest people on the planet. Yeah. But, but bro, we don't know his kindness. No. Most of us, most of us are, that's why. You can only minister out of the revelation that you yourself have, have been captivated by. And, and if you, if you believe God is again, a monster yep. and vindictive and judgmental, yep. it fuels our ego yep. so that we can treat people the same way. Yep. Yep. Or, you know, one of the phrases I, I make fun of it a lot. Hey, listen, I love you, but. Usually that butt means I'm going to be a jerk right now. I'm like, you need to get the butt out of your language. Just, I love you. I love you. Right? I love you. Because if what you're going to say next isn't the love of God, it doesn't represent his character and nature. You know, kindness is, uh, the kindness in that moment is for you just to be quiet. Yeah. (laughs) I I end the book, and you didn't get to read this chapter because you didn't get it yet, but I end the book with, with the story of, Jesus flipping tables in the in the temple. Yeah. And yeah. and the, the short version of this for folk, folks is that Jesus saw an injustice and it wasn't injustice. And it was basically this. And you've, I'm sure you've taught on it. But the, the, the short of it is, is if you go to Disney World, you can buy a Coke outside of Disney for a buck. It's ten thousand dollars in the park. Right. Right. <laughs> Essentially, that was what was happening in yep. the temple. Yep. Uh, the, the, the folks couldn't bring in their sheep or their birds for sacrifice. They actually had to go into the temple and buy them. Uh, and they were being uh, gouged, yeah, price gouged, and it pissed Jesus off. Well, yeah, and it made Jesus mad. You can cut yep. that out. No, it's good. All right, <laughs> <laughs> it made him mad. It was yeah. an injustice. Yep. And then he went and, and took the day. He braided a whip, so he wasn't. It wasn't a reaction yep. that took place. It was a response. But the thing that we need to understand is, I've heard this one time where Jesus used a whip to drive people out. Which, by the way, it never says he came in contact. It just says he drove the animals out and he flipped the tables. Yep. And they use it to prove that Jesus was punishing. And that was not what was taking place yes. in the least. Jesus was in the revelation of of a God in Christ reconciling the world to Himself. Jesus, in the Spirit of Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Flip tables. Yeah, and that's justice. We need that. And driving right out the sacrificial system too. And driving out the <laughs> sacrificial system. Yeah. But my the point that I'm making is that if you're not willing to lay your life down for the person on the other side of the table, you have no oh, authority, on. no power to flip the table. Come on, you're just making noise. Come on, you're just adding to the mess. Yep. What this world needs right now is the kindness of a God. God who will who will be just that says I will I will flip tables but I will do it in the spirit in which I see reconciliation on the person on the other side of the table yeah. and I will go to the I will go to the cross for that person and yep. when you can that's what we're looking for in this world mm. it's the justice that actually Jesus took to a cross that's it's the equality he revealed at the cross that Love he it. went to a cross and said I'm going to flip tables but I'm flipping tables where I am I am I am for the oppressed and the oppressor yes. because yeah. it, it doesn't it, they're both the same person in that within that system. That's tough. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Well, well, the, it, too. The we leave out the immediate verses where it says, and then after he said, basically he healed everyone. So yes. e- even there, we'll create the memes. Hey, being like Jesus means I could flip it over tables and using a whip, an option. I was like, even saying that and yeah. not following it up with, but then he also. There was, there was a whole outpouring right there. Yeah. He was healing the sick. He was bringing freedom. And everybody, right? everybody was part of the family. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's yeah. in. Yeah. Everybody's an insider. Yeah.
There's no us or them at the cross. There's no, no. insiders or out at only the cross. Reli- only, it's religion and politics that needs us versus them. That's it. And honestly, the more I'm at it, I can't tell the difference between the two, honestly. Not today. I think religion is politics. I think Bro, politics is religion. It, they're the same yeah. spirit. Yeah. They just yeah. got a different... They just got a different uh, title, <laughs> right? That's good. Uh, but the same spirit for sure. Yeah, yeah. it's us or them, for against, yeah. in and out. One of my favorite, uh, and, and again, you didn't read this. The last three chapters you didn't get. So this I, this is fresh. This is fresh. <laughs> uh, but Peter, he said uh, when he went to Cornelius's house, what was the phrase? He said, uh, "God has no respecter of persons." I yes. find it is the truth. God, God has no respecter. Of God persons. has no respecter of persons. Yep. That's the gospel. That's it. All are included. Yep. Oh, it turns out, turns out, hey guys, turns out Holy Spirit's here too. Yep. He's in them. I see it. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Hey, we should baptize these guys. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cause, cause in, in the story, he's trying to preach the gospel and can't even finish. Yeah. Yeah. And they're filled with spirit. He's like, yeah. well, where have I been? Yeah. Yeah. Catching up. I'm just coming here to announce what they're already walking in. That's the church. We <laughs> right? just, we're playing that game. Keep yeah. catching up. Here's the, here's yeah. the job of the church is to realize that he's more inclusive today than I thought he was yesterday. Yes. Yeah. I'm not talking about an inclusion that doesn't challenge and confront sin. Yeah. I'm talking about a, a, an inclusion that doesn't count your sin against you. Yes. I'm talking about an inclusion that is a revelation of, of, of a kindness that would lead to repentance. Yeah. That's good. Uh, but I'm convinced that we're, you're either moving toward, uh, in, with old age, the further older I get, you're either moving toward inclusion or exclusion. And, yeah. you, you know, I've met those moving toward exclusion. And to be quite frank, no thanks. Yeah. I've played that game long enough. Yeah. Yep, it's a lonely place. Yeah, usually an angry place, dark yep. place. Yep. Hell, yeah, hell plays a big role in that place. And and I tend to again, I tend to find a God that I created in that place. Right. Yeah, a God that will support cruelty, sure. punishment, sure, and all the rest of it. And He just reflects what I've created. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. yeah, I don't want to be there. Yeah, and even there. Wow. And even there, he's there with you. Yeah, even there, he's like, <laughs> I How don't do we leave know? you. He left the party of reconciliation to go hang out with the older that's right, brother. That's right. I don't want to be the older brother where I'm missing out on any reconciliation no, party. No, I want to be the father. I want to be there with the father. <laughs> I want to right. be the father. Uh, yeah. I want to be at every reconciliation yes. party, not outside of it, that's man. Right. That's, the, that's the nature of the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. Man, this has been so good. Honestly, <laughs> I would keep going. But even for our listeners, I want yeah. to be candid. Uh, when we finish up here, I want to just go down and hang out by the Bro. pool. And, yeah, it's time to go for you know, the go, beach. Get on the beach a little bit. Plus, we got some, am I we got, to say it? We, You say what you need to say, we got, bro. We got some cigars. Yeah. A bit of oh, yeah. We got we got the good stuff. This is my friend for, who, 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 knows, <laughs> who knows my love language and has been carrying around a Cohiba for me for I don't know how long. In a few months. But yeah. I am so ready to go smoke that with you, man. Yeah, We absolutely. carry on the conversation there. Yeah, for sure. So <laughs> before we finish up, though. Would you just let people know where they can find you, where they can connect? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jason Clark, you can find me on all the social medias. It's at Jason Clark is, I-S, at Jason Clark is. That's all of them, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram. Okay. And you can find our website is afamilystory.org, afamilystory.org. And the book is Leaving and Finding Jesus. It comes out October 31st. You can pre-purchase, pre-purchase it now, and I hope you do. Awesome. Thanks again for being a part of this. Thanks, man. It has been awesome. I can't wait to do more things like this. Yeah, this, this is where I really love what we do here. And um, so again, before we finish out, I just want to encourage you to go to HesterMinistries.org. 
You can find out how to become a partner, support what we do there. Uh, also, go visit presenttruthacademy.org. It's an online school that I know would bless you, benefit you. Hey, Jason's actually a contributor at that school. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'd love for you to go and just avail yourself of that. Uh, don't forget to like and leave a review for this podcast. That helps the algorithm, helps us get in front of more people. And that's ultimately what it's about. Uh, so I just want to encourage you at the end of this conversation, if the kingdom isn't for everyone, well, then it's not for anyone. God bless you. Hey guys, so glad you joined us on Rethinking God with Tacos. You can find me, Jason Clark, online at afamilystory.org, where I encourage you to sign up on our mailing list. We send out an email twice a month letting you know about new podcasts, articles, and new books or products that we have coming out. Plus, occasionally I'll keep you up on my schedule where I'm traveling. My Twitter handle is at Jason Clark is. I'm on Instagram under the same handle, and you can find me on Facebook as well. Hey, all of these podcasts are available on all the platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Google. If you could, like and share across all your media platforms and write a review on iTunes. It really does help expand the message and build the audience. Hey, love doing this journey with you. Praying grace and wonder over you today.